The Thrivecast is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to helping accounting professionals save time and grow their practice. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor program, you can truly boost your efficiencies, collaborate with clients, and play a pivotal role in fueling their success. Follow the link in the show notes to find out more. This is episode 83 of the Thrivecast, Oh dude. my gosh. We're, we're here. We're ready to do another one. And guess because, what? what? We're, we're going to pre- be predicting the future. Our guest predicts the future. <laughs> yeah, I know. He Like, he does it for real. We try. Uh, but he's... I, I'm hoping that he will confirm some of our predictions that we've made on, on the podcast in the past. <laughs> and, because he's actually got the credentials to back up his predictions. And hopefully they'll line up with ours. We're, we're also going to be talking about complex problems, specifically the complex, the, the complex problem, uh, of growth yeah. and how humans make every problem complex. complex. <laughs> That's right. And so Daniel Burris, our guest, he wrote, uh, he's a futurist, right? So he talks about, uh, trends of the future, how to manage those. And so we're going to figure, and we're going to try to apply that to firm growth. So, uh, complex problems of growth is what we're going to tackle. But before we do that, we got to remind you people, you listeners, uh, there's a couple ways you can stay in contact with Thrival. One of those is a monthly intro call I do just to tell you more about Thrival. Uh, and you can join that uh, and register for that in the show notes. Uh, right. You can also uh, check out uh, the listeners can check out you, Jason, Me. on Facebook Live, which is every Monday at two o'clock p.m. Eastern time. That's eleven o'clock a.m. Pacific time, where you you answer people's questions. You never answer mine. Mine was, "What time does Westworld come on on HBO?" And you did not address that <laughs> on your Facebook Live. No, which... so we normally address growth and strategy related questions for firms. So we don't hit uh, a lot of. Um, T- television like shows. TV guide related right. issues. Yeah. That's, That's bull right. crap. But whatever. I'm, <laughs> there's still good stuff, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to answer, if you want me to answer your question on like some kind of TV guide related question, you can email us at info at thrival.com and we'll right answer your question on Facebook live right there. Perfect. Deeper weekends coming up coming. October 24th to 26th, yep. 2018. Yep. And uh, you can go ahead and register for that right now, right, right now. now with a discount at, uh, at, at HTTPS <laughs> colon backslash com. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it called the backsplash? Yeah. So dw.thrival.com and you can get 150 (laughs) off with the code DW1A. You got to key that into the registration form. That's right. For 150 (laughs) bucks off. That's not nothing. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's a chunk of change. Now you can also come to the incubator. That's something Julie and I will lead my partner. And that's just like a 10 hour day intensive MBA in firm building in Mm. Greenville. That's July 25th to 28th. Uh, we got a mm. great group already coming. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of hard work, a lot of fun work, and you're going to just rebuild your firm. Yep. Um, you want to come to that? You got to sign up ASAFP for that because that's <laughs> that's coming up uh, real quick. That's so great. Get, get that done. Okay. Well, Greg. So we, there's a couple of things we want to talk about in growth. So we had an HBR article uh, we mm. wanted to talk about. There's there's some stuff in there we wanted to talk about, but you were asking me. 
what what is a you know what are some complex problems that we try to right. solve? Right, because because for me, um, I, th- I I think there's just some different things as a controller uh, for for a group of medical office buildings. I don't there's not I don't think I tackle the same complexity that you do leave, leading a firm. And so I've got big complex, uh, projects that I got to that I got to tackle, mm. but usually it's just a matter of, of, uh, it's, it's more a, a kind of a project management. It boils down to project management. Okay. What do I got to do? What's my time frame? What comes first? Which dominoes do you set up in a row to make sure everything but gets done? But you wouldn't call that complex. I would, it is, but it's not the kind of complexity that I think we're talking about here. Okay. I think here we're talking about truly complex problems where there's trade-offs. It's more, I think we're talking more about strategic, strategically yeah. complex problems, right? Yeah. Which is what Daniel Burris, I think, talks about in his book, in his book, book. in his book, <laughs> his book. we're Irish, Scottish, uh, his book. <laughs> yeah. So in his book, he talks about complex things, which are basically ish future related issues. You actually don't know the answer to that's and when you're talking about the future, you need to make sure that you're looking at all the complexities involved in the future. Right. Yeah. We're that's done. All that's done. Okay. That's-, <laughs> that's done. So, and he talks about things. He, he looks at trends. I think that's how he's defining a lot of complex yeah. or how he's managing answering complexity. He does it through the lens of trends. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you right. know, I think that's what growth growth is about is actually looking through the lens of various tr- lenses. But I think it has a lot to do with lenses uh, related to risk. That's a lot of the lens you look through when you're doing complex growth problems. Right. And I think that's, and maybe that's one of the things the the risk that's involved in a project adds to the complexity because you're a trying to make sure that you're making a risk that has a higher probability of success. Um, and you're also, uh, you've also got trade-offs involved in that. I think that's, that's right. a big part of complexity is even when, you know, if, if you, if you approach like a certain goal, a certain objective, a certain strategy, you have that, that implies that you're not going to pursue a different mm. strategy. And then therefore that's even more complex where you're trying to say, well, do I go with strategy A or do I go with strategy B? And, and, and again, even looking into the future, you can't necessarily tell which one is going to have the, the higher payoff and what, what may be sacrificed to go after a particular goal. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, actually I like that. So when I, so I think you boiled down risk a little more. So when Julie and I are, are we're vetting risks to grow, cause if you're going to grow, you're always going to take risks. Um, we've actually taken some wrong risks to grow in the past that didn't work out. Uh, uh-huh. Typically, that means it, it eats through some cash a lot of times when yeah. it doesn't work out. There are other times when it does work out, but I didn't think about that. The risk is the trade-offs you're eliminating. So what we have to do is go, here's the three or four outcomes we could perceive, and we try to guide the growth outcome. A lot of times we have to eliminate trade-offs. We have to go, we don't want these things to happen, so we're gonna we're going to we're going to change our strategy so that those are not possible as part of the outcomes, but you can't always try to make that happen. So um, like here's, here's a real, here's a real example. If people go, what is the complexity of growth around people? It has to do with a lot of times investing in people is hard because if you're like, all right, our, our firm is at this level size, we need it to be a little bit larger 
And the reason is if we're a little bit larger than Julie and I will be at a level at which we could attend to more of the strategy and growth. So that means we need some people to fill in some of those layers to help us not only do some of the complex work, the advisory work, but to even start helping lead the team and support the team. And so you have to make an investment in a person and give them money before you see that they can pull off what you're hoping they can do so you can step into a higher level to become more strategic in two years. Right. And and, and, the, and if it don't work out, I, whoa, you're like, right. now you got all kind of problems you got to fix. Right. Well, and, and so just even to, even to dissect what you just said a little bit, what you're saying that the, that the, that the outcome that you're hoping that you and Julie can realize is the outcome of having, having other people who are, who are your employees, who are part of your team, who are taking care of the day to day to free you up Hmm. to do this bigger, higher level strategy. But the problem is, is that it takes a lot of time and effort for you to set things up right. Right. And, and that's taking away from your time right. to do the stuff you need to do. And if you screw it up, you're going to have to do it again. Not only will you not get that time to do the stuff you know you need to be doing, but you're going to have to forfeit more of that time because you have to set up the structure. And how do you set up the structure? How do you do it right? How do you train people right? Is this for sure the right way to 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 get people up to speed? Is this for sure the right way to get my people to have the higher level of skills that they need to be able to do the higher quality work that we're selling as we yeah. do the strategy, all that sort of stuff. And then it's almost like if, if one, if one of your supports gets knocked out, kind of the whole thing crumbles and you guys go, okay, well, I guess we've got to still try to do the strategy stuff when we can, but right now we've got to well, build, we've got to rebuild our, our foundation. No, that's a, man, that's a good point. Actually, we're dealing with that now at some level where, um, you know, we, we had hoped some team changes uh, in the past would lead to different levels. And, and those team members aren't here anymore. And so you're right. You, so you, you murdered them. <laughs> we did not kill them, you know, but they just decided it wasn't the best place for them in our firm. So you murdered them. <laughs> well, I don't say that on a podcast. <laughs> right. But there's a way Good in point. which you remove people from your organization. <laughs> if you're in the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you're right. You're right. You made this plan and you're like, wow, this is going to help us move to a new level. If it doesn't work out, you come back to this other level. Now you're for sure not doing strategy. Mm-hmm. You're covering up something you couldn't figure out. Now, here's a, here's a key thing that Julie and I do automatically. And sometimes we go, should we be doing this? We sit there and work through what happened. Why did that happen? What should have happened? And so we do a lot of intensive analysis on the past of why our strategy move didn't work out. And actually, I'm reading a book by Ray Dalio called Principles, uh, which Scott Kriegel in Thrivals, he wrote a, a, a blog post about recently. And he's, he says that is a key part to learning is being introspective about the past and the things you've gone through. And what you can do is develop a lot of principles. He calls them these foundational ways by which you operate. Um, and these principles guide you in future decisions. And so, so not only have we, we have not been able to move to a level of leadership we wanted to, we're actually now back, back down to where we didn't want to be. And we're having to spend time now being introspective as to why, why did that happen? How could it be different? And so now we need to make more moves moving forward. And we're, 
you get gun shy because <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, I see how complex this is. It actually may not work out for reals. Right. And right. It's and scary, man. Totally. Okay. So, which, which is interesting because then, and this, this even, this actually ties back into the HBR article because a lot of where this guy gets to with, with complexity is we'll have these complex problems and we'll want to find simple solutions to mm-hmm. them. Everybody wants a simple solution, right. whatever your problem is. And that's one of the biggest things, again, of just living in reality is that simple solutions don't exist. No. And, uh, you know, and he, I think, doesn't he give the examples like you, that you got a CEO who's like, who's like, we, you know, we feel like all of our decision making is too centralized. Let's get a consultant in. And the consultant comes right. in and says, here's ways to decentralize your. <laughs> Your yes, your decision making, right. right. and then in five years they go. Our decision making is too decentralized. And they hire <laughs> the same guy to come in. Here's a way to to centralize your decision making. And so you got it's not just a matter of of uh, you know it's not a simple solution that it needs to be decentralized. It needs to be centralized or A versus B. It's it's much more uh, complex than that. And and basically that gets down. And and this is an interesting thing based on what you said, d- identifying your principles. Yeah. Is that an oversimplification though? Of Cause if you just go, okay, here's our principles and here's how we do things. Aren't you kind of narrowing in and you're going, okay, so when we have a, a problem, a complex problem, we're only going to be looking at it through the narrower focus of our principles. Well, or, well, I think, I think what he says is, um, his Ray Dalio's book principles has a lot to say about making better decisions. So he says principles right. guide your decision-making basically. Uh, so right. um, instead of you having to reinvent the wheel, every time a new complex growth problem comes up related to humans, you okay. can have principles. Like for example, right. we're a virtual firm. We need yeah. a certain type of team member who works efficiently in a virtual environment. Now yes. that may be a different type of person than would work in an office. So we can develop a principle around this kind of person that we're hunting for works really well, typically in virtual models. So now we have a principle that can guide us through this complex growth move. But okay. it, it doesn't mean you don't deal with the details of that person. You still interview them. You challenge yeah. them. You say, right. are you the right person? But we have a principle that brought us to their doorstep in the first place. Mm-hmm. And principles are one way to guide you through, I think, the complexity of growth, especially as it relates to humans. because. Here's another thing we've learned in firm growth as related to humans. You may you may make you you may make a growth move based upon a human. And then when mm-hmm. they come in, now your growth moves change because that human now influences your culture and now mm. your filters are a little bit different because you have this brand new human in your life. Now the next move you make to to keep growing it's going to be different because it, based upon the person you just brought in. So right. the complexity doubles and triples over time with yeah, more yeah. humans. Right. Because, yeah, because, and that's something we talked about even before we got on there, that is just like every, every problem becomes a, a complex problem if it involves human beings in it, because we're, right. we're, we're incredibly complex in terms of all of the needs and desires that we have and how all those work together and, and they're conflicting with each other, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so the, the other, what do you think about this though? Because this, this goes into getting more team and, and even with you and Julie together is when you have a complex problem before you pull the trigger on that. And the, and again, this is what they say in the HBR articles. They say, you need to challenge your assumptions. You need to, you need to think, 
I think you said you need to think deeper and wider and longer yeah. in terms of how you do this. And a lot of that is like kind of calling BS on yourself. Mm-hmm. But, but I want to say it's, it can be, you can call BS on yourself up to a point, Yeah. but then oh, at yeah. some point you have to have someone else who's analyzing mm. your thinking and your decision-making who can say, now, wait a second, this isn't, this isn't a, this is not going to go the way that you think it's going to go. Well, and that's the beauty of objectivity, right? So, so, and, and when we sell coaching to clients, we basically say there's something you can never deliver to yourself, which is objectivity. Yeah. So if they, they go, I'm glad, yeah. you know, what's the value of coaching? We're like, well, you cannot be objective and we can. So that's going to yeah. rock your world if you're ready for your world to be rocked. And so that's the value of, of really partners of that's the value that Julie and I bring. We will call BS on each other flat out, man. Right. It's like wrong. I mean, often we say, I disagree. I, I often we say, I completely disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> and then we start the process of going, why do you disagree? So that objectivity comes in and really just hones that, that decision. And you know what? The complex growth problems related to people is so, it's so, the potentials are so big, but the downfalls are so potentially dangerous. Right. It can cost you so much money. You need to be in places where people are going to challenge you objectively. Uh, right. And like, that's what they said in the article, forever challenge your convictions. Uh, right. Because, because there, man, there's no yeah. real principle or conviction that's going to define growth related to people. I mean, how did, how did you get, how'd you get people to, how did you get objectivity before you had your, before you had Julie as a partner, you, where, where'd your objectivity come from? Well, you, I know you, you had coaches, right? Yeah. Yeah. So coaches, communities, spouses, I mean, you right. get it, you get it wherever you need to search it out is what you right. need to do. Well, wait, okay. Wait. And this is, and, and I will say this is, I, I can already tell this is going in the direction of a, sa- a shameless self-promotional plug, but did you start <laughs> Thrival specifically? I'm setting you up for okay. it. Okay. You're hooking me up. Do you see where I'm going? Did you is thrive? No, but seriously, does thrive exist true. because you needed a community that was going to, that you could bounce your ideas off of that could vet your ideas and that would give you honest feedback. Is that, is that, is that what, that's how right. much of that came into you yeah. developing thrival? I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> you were setting you me did. up. <laughs> I did. I did. Well, I knew it was going there. I'm like, go cause no, the right answer is yes. You're supposed to say yes. Now, and then we're supposed to say, so get on the in- info call. It's once a month, you know, sign up through, uh, no, info it's so true. This is it's so true. So, when I, so actually this is funny in the info, in the intro call, when we talk about, you know, thrival, I actually go through a little bit of my history and I go through the levels I went through. I was a copycat. Then I went into the wilderness years oh, okay. and the wilderness was pretty rough stuff. I was trying well, all wait, kinds of crap. Just, just you by yourself trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah. Yeah. I just okay. said, I said, heck, I'm going to do what I want to do. I've always wanted to do this. This was after I was copying the last firm for a couple of years and I woke up and went, wait, 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 why am I copying them? I quit. I didn't like that firm. And now, <laughs> right. but then I went into the wilderness where I was like, Oh, this crap don't work. Some of this doesn't work. Um, and I, you know, <laughs> But that's when I started finding other people and I did, I found such value in calling them and going, do you do this? Or, or and they go, no, I do it this way. And I go, oh, I didn't think about that. Right. Yeah, I'll do I it that way. Had, I never even knew you could do it like that. I didn't that. know you could do that. And they're right. like, why can't you? And they encourage you. Why can't you do what you want? Right. I'm like, okay, so Thrival grew out of, 
people yeah. needing to come together going, hey, our growth problems are complex. I uh, think we can all vet through those better than you can by right. yourself sitting on the toilet or something. So true. Because that's happened. I mean, that's happened to everybody where you you've you've spent all this time wrestling with this with some sort of challenging, complex problem. And you finally go, OK, I finally def, def, like defined the problem really well. And I've got an idea of how I can tackle this. So I'm, I'm going to I got to run this past somebody and you you call them up or you get together with them and you go, OK, so here's what's going on and here's what I'm wanting to do. And almost even before you get to your this real you know big you know, complex solution to this complex problem. They go, Hey, did you ever think about this? And all of a sudden you go, Oh oh my gosh, I never did. And that's so much easier than what I was. Well, well, then you go, and this happens to Julie. Now you go, what else am I not thinking about? man? That's freaking me out, dude. Yeah. All the time. I mean, and one thing this article, or as as you read through it, is that courage is the bottom line, because what we've learned is that complex problems are not problems. The ones we're talking about are not problems that can really be solved. And so you have to okay. you have to choose the scenarios as best you can, get as much advice from your your community, your coach, your partner as best you can, and you have to pick. You have to pick an right. option and you have to go down that road and you have to vet out the complexities as you walk through it. And what we're saying is when you walk when you choose a path and you walk down that road and humans are on that path you mm-hmm. you never you cannot control what those humans are going right. to do. So you got to deal with what they bring, and you, you got to try to just roll with it. Yeah, the so, improvis- improvisation is hmm. part of the whole thing. And I think that when you say problems that cannot be solved, you're not saying that there's no way to fix whatever the problem is. What you're saying is it's not like math, and you can go, oh. Here's right. the exact right answer to this problem. Before, you, right. you sit there and you go, I think this is of the options. This is this is this appears to be the best one. Well, and now we've got to commit to that because otherwise we'll just be either standing still or going backwards. That's so right. yeah. let's commit to something. Let's move forward. It might not be perfect. We think it's the best. Let's do this. And as you go along, human beings are going to just be blo- just exploding around you. <laughs> Well, You've got to well, figure times, out how to do it. A lot of times they help you. So that, right, right. Well, it's yeah, not like a video game where they're it. exploding around you. Sometimes they're exploding. Sometimes they're they're there going, I want to support you. I'll, right. You know what? You're working hard. I'm going to kill it with you too. And you're like, thank you. God, we need help solving this right now. Right. And they, well, and they dive in. And if you do it with no people, that's isn't that what you were saying was the wilderness? Yeah. yeah. And the wilderness sucks. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you don't. So we say this in uh, in the intro call a lot to people: don't run a firm alone. Don't do that alone right. because you're going to walk down a path. You always will if you're growing a firm, and you need uh, to be able to pop into the thrival yammer and go, "Y'all, I just blowed something up. I need help patching right. this up." And they go, "Oh, I blew that up too last year. Here's how we did it." Right. Or there's the opposite of that too. And I, I wrote a blog post for, for thrival about this, where it's like, cause you can, you can blow stuff up and go, I don't know what to do. I need help. Get something. But the other, the opposite of that is if you're, if you're in the wilderness, just doing it all on yourself and you do something amazing, yes. you, you like totally kill it yes. and you know, you totally killed it. And then uh, like two seconds after, you know, that you just did something amazing. All of a sudden you realize that you're the only one who gives a crap about it at all. And it deflates the it whole does. thing. You're like, Oh, this was amazing. And you sh- you want to go have a party with somebody because of yeah. what you just did. But then you realize there's nobody to party with because you, because you're, <laughs> 
Cause you're out in the wilderness all by yourself. So you, you make a fire, you roast a weenie, you go yay and you climb in your sleeping bag. And that's the, that's the party. And that sucks. <laughs> no, you, you need just, more of a party. Cause you com- need community. You need people. You, you need partners. Yeah. So, because growth problems are so, they can be so big. They can be so overwhelming. Um, you, you man, you got to walk that road with other people and it's the ups and downs. When you go through, when you go through a big, a big, thing you pulled off that was complex um you you want to celebrate with people and you can do that in a community um yeah and so so that so that's it so we rock the com- complexity related to humans in growth huh yeah is complexity well yeah i think i think maybe the way to sum that up is is humans add complexity uh but also human they're like the cause of complexity and they're also the solution to complexity because right. you're not going to you're not going to solve the complex problem by yourself. You need some, you need other people to, to help vet your ideas. Um, for sure. And, and the other thing is that, you know, humans aren't, and they're not just going to help you solve your problems. They're going to help you celebrate when you, when you, uh, when you fix the problem, yeah. when you, when you reach that growth, when you reach what you're trying to get to. That's true. So, so, so one of the, so, so ultimately what we're saying is humans by and large are good. <laughs> That's what we're saying. And I think, and I think what is complex is the unknown future that, and that's kind of a segue into what we're going to talk to Daniel Burris about there. That's what we're talking about, right? The future is what we don't know and you can't know it. And so, by complexity, I don't mean it's not something you can't solve. It means you're going to walk into it without having solved it first. You're going to right. figure out if you solve it in right. retrospect, right? Which yeah. is and which is kind of the worst time to figure it out, but that's what you get. And <laughs> so, if there's anything that's certain, it's that the future's coming. So right. So buckle up and do something about it. Don't don't let it just uh you know to, the the future should never sneak up on you. That's I right. guess is what I'm saying because you know it's coming. Well. You don't know what's coming necessarily, but you know the future is coming. So figure it out. Well, Daniel Burst is going to tell us how to. He's going to tell us how to do that. Exactly. Exactly. So let's get Daniel on the on the horn. Okay, here we are uh, back to to learn what Greg and I messed up in the first part of our podcast. (laughs) Is Daniel Burris? He's the author of the Anticipatory Organization, but Daniel's written. Uh, seven best-selling books, uh, actually. Um, and Daniel, you're like one of the world's leading global futurists, right? I mean, that's that's kind of how you're known as. Yeah, yeah, that is it. And innovation experts, I think, in those two areas. And I think it is perfect for what you're trying to do with this audience today. Yeah. Well, we're talking perfect. about the complexities of growth. Um, it's interesting, Daniel. What what is a futurist? I, I guess a lot of people don't fully understand what that is. But you know, what have you been doing in your career to to give you that title? Well, I think that is an excellent question. Let me just get into that a bit. First of all, anyone that makes a prediction about the future in a way is a futurist. Ah. Uh, but if you want to be a professional futurist and actually get paid to do that, you have to be right. Oh, <laughs> that's you. a good that's a good distinction. <laughs> so. So I am and, I'm clearly the amateur futurist of this. Right. This well, I'm always wrong. Well, Greg, we will not call you a futurist. We will call me a futurist because we won't get that right. So okay. Yeah, well, I've been doing it for uh, 35 years. I've wow. written, as you said, seven books. I've given uh, almost 3,000 keynote speeches all over the world on it. And uh, and I've been writing uh, about a uh, between one and two. I've been getting between one and two articles published every month. 
for 35 years. So that's a lot of content. And if you add all of that up, and I think you all know, I've got a couple of million monthly blog readers Mm. and I've got over a million followers on LinkedIn and other big, uh, and other big followings in other places. I think all of that is because I not only have a track record of being right about where things are going, but more importantly, and this now ties into your show, uh, I'm really a teacher at heart. Mm. And uh, so I, instead of just telling you I'd like to teach in this, and I know that'll resonate well with all of our listeners, and just about another 60 seconds of background, um, when in the beginning of my career, I actually taught biology and physics, so I'm really a science guy. Wow. Uh, and I ended up starting, uh, I've started six companies, so I don't just write about this stuff. Five of them were profitable in the first year, and four of them were national leaders in the first year. Mm. So I, again, for entrepreneurs, I, I'll teach you things that I know work. And uh, they were in a variety of fields. Uh, the first business, I had my own airplane design, and I was actually a test pilot for my own plane. Wow. We ended up with 37 national locations in the first 12 months, and I was a national leader almost right away. It was a great design, obviously. And then uh, one of the last businesses I started, I created the first national mobile real estate app that uh, ended up uh, generating in the first eight months. uh, It got to where you could do $1.2 million in recurring revenue. And I did that with no employees. And that uh, ended up licensing to uh, the companies that you're using now uh, when you use mobile apps because I didn't want want to make that my career. Yeah. Well, so, so Daniel, we, so predicting the future accurately, I think, uh, it, would you say it has a lot to do with what you define as hard trends and soft trends? Is that a foundation of how you make those predictions? And, and maybe Absolutely. you could def- define uh, yes, those terms. Yes, it is. It, it definitely is. And, uh, you know, the key to being right about the future is to leave out the parts you can be wrong about. <laughs> That's and, pretty smart. We just figured out yeah. his trick, Greg. Yeah. And, well, and that's that's what we're here to do is to realize there's actually not a trick. There's a science to it. So as you suggested, the methodology that I protected, put together and perfected over the years is separating trends into hard trends and soft trends. And the reason um, there's another there's a lot of reasons this is really powerful. But one of them is, hey, there's no shortage of trends. Yeah. Uh, the problem is which ones are going to happen. And and when. And I've actually can help you to do that. So instead of saying Daniel Burris is the only guy with a good trends list and forget everybody else's, rather, I have a methodology that will help you take any trend and separate the wheat from the chaff. Mm. And let's face it, if you know what's going to happen before it happens, you have an advantage. So uh, and that's the key to becoming anticipatory. So before defining hard and soft trends, If you don't mind, let me back up and tell you what I'm trying to teach in today's uh, to help you grow your business today, as well as why I called the book The Anticipatory Organization. Yeah, do that. And that is we are all good reactors. Mm. We are crisis managers. Uh, When a disruption comes, uh, we've learned to be agile. And that is after that disruption disrupts you, we quickly respond to it. (laughs) The faster you respond, the more agile you are. When there is a problem that occurs, the more agile you are at resolving that problem, the better. So agility is one side of the strategic coin to deal with disruption and change. 
I'm not here to help you with that. <clears throat> Frankly, most of us have that down. Mm. What you have to remember, though, is that agility is a reactionary strategy. Mm. And uh, it, it, for example, did, uh, does Jeff Bezos from Amazon, does he use reactionary strategies to become the richest guy on the planet? And the answer is no, he's no. the other side of the coin. He's anticipatory. And, uh, and so what I want account, as the accounting profession to realize is even though historic data is, and looking back and verifying that is part of our core competency, um, being able to take that past perspective and put uh, insights and foresights to it uh, in new and powerful ways to grow new revenue streams is what we want to really talk about. So to get to that, I want you to learn the other side of the strategy coin, and that is how to anticipate problems before you have them. Mm. So you can pre-solve them uh, or just have them. I mean, let's face it. How many times have you both said, and, and I'm talking to everybody listening to this, yeah. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> and I would say, so why did you let it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So most of the problems you'll be having a year from now, two years from now, ninety over 90% of them, you could solve right now and not have them which would free you of a lot more time to grow your business. Secondly, wait, wait, wait. Did you, did you just say that, that, you, that according to your, with your experience, you're saying 90% of the problems you can anticipate and just take them out before they even happen? Oh, yeah. And by That's the way, a, that isn't just me making a guess here. Remember, I started out teaching biology and physics. I'm a science guy. So I did a survey of over 1,000 CEOs globally in every type of business, including accounting and finance, but more importantly, your customer kind of businesses. Mm -hmm. And I asked those CEOs, first of all, what's the very biggest problem you're facing? And once they told me what it was, I said, okay, now, would that problem have just come out of the blue, no way to see it ahead of time? Or could you have seen it ahead of time and pre-solved it? And I'm at 93% said, oh, we could have seen it ahead of time and pre-solved it, we just didn't know how. And yeah. what I'm doing is teaching you how. Okay. So what? So that's an actual, real statistic, and and it's powerful when you realize, wow, think of the amount of time we're spending every day crisis managing and dealing with all these problems uh, that you know that we could have seen and pre-solved. Another element to that is, and this is part of what I teach in my anticipatory learning system as well as in my books, and that is, um, you can learn how to. Uh, direct this towards your customers. So if you can accurately predict the problem, big problems that your customers are going to have in the next year or two, that gives you the ability to create a new product or service that will that you can launch at the speed of need. Okay. So at it the would... speed of their need okay. with low risk, because you know what? They're going to have this problem. Okay. And you're going to have the solution and they're going to want to pay for it. So it's basically you you can roll out something to your clients that helps them assess the future more accurately and start to pre you're using the phrase pre-solve problems well let's even do it's even better than that what you can do is actually pre look at what are the actual problems they will be having a year or two from now and come up with a solution to help them solve it so as they, because most of us wait till a customer has a problem, oh, yeah. and then we come up with a product, and by the way, so do our competitors, and we all have the same product to solve the same problem, and we're competing in low margins, 
And what I'm doing is saying, I don't like low margins. I don't like competition. So instead, I want to get at the list of problems that I know they're going to have. I know when they're going to have them. I'm going to have a solution for them. And then just as that problem starts to hit them really big, I'm going to come in with a with a completely ready-to-go solution. And no one else will have it because they're going to just be trying to figure it out. And so that, nice. and that and that's what you teach in the anticipatory and you you do that actually you you're actually going to give away uh, the ability for people to go to aolearnnow.com to participate in this anticipatory type uh product that you've launched and yeah, built, right? Yeah, it's uh yeah, well since you mentioned it, let me just tell you what it is because uh it is a uh, a video learning system. Um the video learning system is teaching you uh, how this new competency, how to anticipate problems before you have them, and more importantly, how to predict disruptions before they disrupt. Because, uh, you know, let's face it, that years ago, uh, someone say, hey, let's let's keep digital photography a secret from Kodak. Mm. And the answer is, well, no. They, they were protecting and defending chemical-based film for over a decade before they finally decided, you know what, this is a hard trend. Why are we fighting it? And they had already lost their business. Mm. So uh, what I'm, so this learning system that uh, I'm going to actually give the first 30 people that go to this website, what that learning system is, is Accounting Today has already given it a Product of the Year award. It's video-based, which means there are four sections to it with seven lessons in each one. Each lesson has a three to four minute video followed by a rapid application tool that shows you how to apply what you just learned to your business to get rapid results. That's why we got a product of the year award. So the uh, four modules very quickly are the first one is know what's next. And that's where you understand how to separate the hard trends that will happen from the soft trends that might by the way, we're going to come back and I'm going to teach you about that in okay. a few minutes. And then the second module is about developing opportunities. And that is now that you can see the future more clearly, both your customers and yours, how do you transform how you innovate? Even if you're a small one-person company or regardless of your size, to innovate with low risk because if it can be done, it will be done. And if you don't do it, someone else will. Mm. And the third part of it, and again, there's seven lessons to that to teach you that. The uh, third part of it is shape the future. And that's where you learn how to transform the cultural part of your organization. In other words, how to make sure you're communicating versus just informing with your clients and so on. How to know whether you're collaborating versus just cooperating. How to know whether you're really transforming a process or a product versus just changing it. And then the fourth one is accelerate results, accelerate your success and transform your results. That's where I teach you how to take your biggest problems and skip them altogether mm. and do other things so that you might have had a strategy that you thought would have taken you five years. And actually using the strategies I teach in there, you can do it in five months. Love it. Uh, so that what I'm going to do for just for this show, for your listeners right now, is if you go to... A-O, learn now. So capital A, capital A, capital O, if you want to write it out. And then learn L-E-A-R-N-N-O-W. There's two N's there. Okay. And you don't even have to use caps. Okay. So A-O, learn now with the two N's. Don't worry about that. Dot com. 
first 30 that go to that will get a three a free 30-day trial of that learning system and uh, i think you're gonna get hooked and really like it very cool so so yeah. ta- so take us through the understanding of these hard and soft trends and how those are going to help us predict the future better you got it well first of all they both have value a hard I mean, so let me describe both a hard trend is based on what I call a future fact, meaning it will happen. Even if you're Google with all the money in the world, you cannot stop it. The good news is you can see it before it happens. And that will we'll hit you that with that in just a minute. The soft trend is based on an assumption about the future, not a future fact. Mm. And the good, the powerful thing about an assumption about the future is, and a soft trend, is that if you don't like it, you can change it. Mm. So uh, let's just take an example right now, and that is healthcare costs in the United States. We all know, listening to this, that healthcare costs have been going up, up, up for quite a long time now, and there seems to be no end in sight. Uh, is increasing healthcare costs an unstoppable hard trend future fact, or is it a soft trend that you could change and actually start lowering the cost of healthcare? I'm going to ask you guys, I'm putting you on the spot, what do you think? <laughs> That would be I'm, I'm going to say it's soft. Hard. Excellent. You know, no, no, you're absolutely right. Come soft on. trend. Soft trend. You got it. Now, <laughs> I mean, why? it, it so, seems like a freight train. It seems like maybe somewhere in the middle, but I, but yeah, it's not guaranteed. Like I think, I think in one of your blog posts that I read, you were like going, baby boomers are eventually going to retire. That's a hard trend that it's happening. They're not going to yeah, be around exactly. forever. They're not going to get younger. Yeah, you can't not mm, have baby boomers continue to get older. But healthcare costs, at least in theory, they don't have to go up indefinitely. Yeah, as a matter of fact, a uh, just to give you a quick example so that we're going beyond theory here, there's a technology called blockchain. And by the way, if you're yep. in accounting, you better do a little bit of learning on blockchain. Yep. Uh, but um, blockchain is a technology that can increase security, increase transparency, and increase trust. So right now in healthcare, we have a disconnected healthcare ecosystem where there is no transparency and there's very little trust. And that's why the costs are so high. That's why when you go to the hospital, you don't realize that if you needed aspirin, they cost 60 bucks an aspirin because you don't know the cost. You just say, I need an aspirin. So what we'll do is if you apply blockchain to the healthcare ecosystem and get transparency of price, what will happen? Competition will happen and price will go down. Another example would be if we used virtualization and if we used uh, uh, the cloud, You just with purchasing and logistics within healthcare, you could dramatically lower by billions of dollars a year the cost of healthcare. I'm giving you two specific examples of how this isn't a pipe dream. It could be done right now. See, the, here's the issue. If you think it's a future fact. You don't try to correct it. Mm. All you do, what is healthcare cost and healthcare reform been in the United States so far? It has been health payment reform. In other words, it's getting so expensive. How are we going to pay for the mess? And oh. what I'm saying is now, instead of trying to figure out how we're going to pay for it, let's use the tools to lower healthcare costs. I see. So yeah. I just I just flunked my first test on choosing something that's a hard or soft trend. So <laughs> well, all right, so we're going to give you some more choices. Okay, we're going to see. I think we're going to make you better, Daniel. All give right? me some. Give me some easy ones, man. <laughs> he right, he believes right. in you, Jason. Okay. 
All right. All right. We'll give you some easy ones. All right. So now if I float uh, these, I'm really toast. Oh my God. All right. All right. So soft trends again are really powerful because if you don't like them, you can change them. Now let's go to hard trends. Hard trends are future facts. There's three categories. So in other words, it's not that difficult. It's really just three categories. One of the categories you've already mentioned, and that is demographics. And we already talked about, hey, 78 million baby boomers. They're yeah. not going to get younger. They're going to get older, right. which gives us a lot of predictable opportunity as well as predictable problems that we could pre-solve or just let them happen. Right. Let me give you an example. Let's make it real here. Uh, let's talk about a product that doesn't exist right now. And that is, how about a smartwatch for seniors? Uh, by the way, any of you could do this if you want out there listening. A smartwatch for seniors, uh, let's say 75 years old and older. Okay. Uh, you might say, well, you know, a 90-year-old is not going to buy a smartwatch. And I'd say, you're right. They're not going to buy it. You're <laughs> going to buy it for them. And why would you buy it for them? Well, first of all, all of the smartwatches, even the cheap ones, have a little accelerometer in them. And that little chip, that little teeny accelerometer detects motion. So if 90-year-old grandma's watch rapidly moves five feet, what happened to grandma? Well, she fell. And who needs to know it? Well, maybe you do if it's your grandma. And let's say grandpa is getting a little absent-minded and takes walks and gets lost. Mm. What does grandpa do? He just asks his smartwatch, hey, how do I get home? And the watch tells him. He doesn't have to type in anything. And he knows how to get home. You could even look at your phone and see where grandpa is. Mm. With a little leaping dot right there on the map. Yep. Um, and uh, It's one kind, of the... kind of like the find my phone feature, but it's find my grandpa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's right. There you go. I love it. Uh, here we, by the way, I like that. Remember that. That might be the name of this product. Anyway, um, one of the uh, the point I'm making is you already know you can do uh, blood pressure and you can do pulse and all these other things with the smartwatches. And we're about to see a new sensor on all the smartwatches for blood oxygen level. My point is that watch does not exist for seniors right now. Now, here's another test for you. Even though there's no watch like that, are, are you confident and sure you're going to see a watch like that for, for them? Or do you think, no, that's not going to happen? What do you think? That's very possible that's going to happen. I'm going to say that's a hard trend that that's <laughs> right. going to happen. All right. So if you would have taken away the word possible, you would have been right. Mm. Here's what I mean by that. That's going to happen. And by the way, stay tuned. You'll see it happen. Maybe one of the people listening will say, hey, that's so good. I'm going to find a couple of kids and work that out and make that happen. Because here's the principle I'm teaching. you: If it can be done, it will be done. And if you don't do it, someone else will. And that's the hard right. trend. And that's a hard trend. It's going to happen. And does that fall into, because I think, because you said demographics is one category of hard trend. Isn't, didn't you, you put technology in another. Yeah. Uh, well, that's how let's get into the three categories then. The uh, another one is technology, and this is this is a way of using technology to to take advantage of that demographic hard trend of people getting older. I mean, we've got ten thousand people re uh, retiring every day in this country, wow. so it's a growing population. And that's a lot of people that could be buying something in that age bracket. So yeah, we're we're now going to another technology hard trend, and that's demo that's technology. So let's take a look at. It. Are we going to have more and more wearable, intelligent devices that are watches and patches and all kinds of things? And that's a hard trend. That's yes. a hard trend. Yeah. Are they going to get more intelligent and easier to use? Yes. Yes. Are they going to? We already know that 
the cost of technology is dropping just as fast as the power of it is accelerating. That's called the exponential wave. Two becomes four becomes eight. And from an entrepreneur's standpoint, this is a dream come true because we're doing things today that were impossible to do two years ago. And you and I can buy things today that were way too expensive. Do you guys know that you've got access to a supercomputer if you've got a smartphone? You're using yep. one all the time. Yep. You don't have to own it, by the way, thank goodness. Mm. And, uh, you know, Amazon has said, if you would like to use our billion-dollar AI system, which is called Alexa, yeah. and if you would like to use Alexa to answer frequency, frequently asked questions by your customers or to embed it in a product or service, you know what? We're going to let you do it for free. We'll just give you a little software code that you can put into your mobile app or whatever, and you can use it for whatever you'd like. So I've got a company that heard that, and they make uh, thermostats. And they thought, well, why don't, instead of having to get up out of your chair and increase the temperature, why don't I just build Alexa into thermostats and sell those and just say, hey, lower the temperature two degrees. And by the way, that's an actual product that's happened now. Or what if you are uh, in a hospital and you're trying to figure out how do you get the x-ray? Uh, why don't I just ask the little Alexa thing that's sitting along the path, hey, how do I get the x-ray? And it tells you. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, these things are becoming increasingly more powerful uh, in time. So there's technology that is predictably getting more powerful and giving you new opportunities. We can come back on any of these, but let's just give you the third category. And this is the surprise category, government regulation. Mm. <laughs> and I know you would think, boy, I wouldn't have thought he'd mentioned that. But that is a category of hard trend. And let me just say, we've got a, as you, we all know, we've got an administration now that doesn't even like regulation. Mm -hmm. So you might think, well, you know, you can't predict anything about regulation. I'd say, oh, it's, yes, you can. You can't predict it all. But certainty is what empowers me, not uncertainty. So instead of looking at all the things I can't predict, you know what I want to do? I want to look at the things I can predict. For example, I'm going to give you another test now. Are we going to get more regulations on cybersecurity? What do you think? Absolutely. Hard trend. Good. Hey, hey, good. You got it. Well, <laughs> so in other words, even if we've got an administration that doesn't like regulation, there are some hard trends at play here that go beyond whether you like it or not. Hey, and but you, you and know so in, yes, go ahead. Well, the, what's interesting is that as you've been giving us this test, at, at first I was I was kind of iffy. I was not wanting to get it wrong, but you you feel so certain when you answer if something's a hard trend or a soft trend. And that does that certainty is that what leads you to then go make business decisions ready, related to the things you know with a certain certainty are going to happen and the things that are not certain are just the things you don't base your future decisions on well now we're starting to see why you're running this show and why you guys do this show because you are a very smart guy you picked up on probably one of the key points here let me put it to everybody this way and that is uh strategy whether it's a personal strategy or a business strategy, if it's based on uncertainty, it's got high risk. And it's awfully hard to make a confident, bold move or to write a big check when you're uncertain. Mm. On the other hand, certainty is a, if your strategy is based on certainty, it's got low risk and high reward. 
how are you going to have the confidence to make a bold move? It's certainty. Yeah. And by the way, a little side note here, when it comes to selling, and we all are in sales in some way, mm-hmm. um, uncertainty opens the door to a sale. Nothing better than a confused customer. <laughs> However, the ultimate closing tool is certainty. Because if you're not 100% certain, you know what? I got to get somebody else's opinion. I'll get back to you. How many times have we all heard that? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. if I am certain, you know what? I'll write the big check. I'll make the move. I'll go forward because I now get it. So that's where hard trends can be so powerful because you're actually creating a list of certainties. And, uh, and certainty can be used in so many different ways. And the more you start working with hard and soft trends. And by the way, I, I do want to take a second to say, if you haven't read uh, the anticipatory organization and got that book yet, it's already been number one on Amazon. I'd go out and get it because I can get that learning system. I've given you 30 days free on it. I think what you'll see is the more you use it, the more you have the confidence in your be- ability to separate the hard and the soft. And you'll start this. Let's apply this to accounting right now. All right. Let's just mm-hmm. let's do that right now. Yeah. A lot of us bill for hours. We bill for time. All right. Let's just look at the future of that. Technology this is a hard trend is letting us do more and more in less and less time every year. That's a hard trend. Right. Mm-hmm. So therefore, if you bill for time, you'll be what? Making less money every year. Yep. Because technology has let you doing it faster and faster and your customers know it. Right. And they're going to be demanding you to give them the deal. So what that means strategically is, oh, I'm going to continue to bill for time, but I also better learn how to bill for value and start integrating that in as well. Otherwise, I'm going to predictably just make less money every year. Mm. So, okay, so we're running out of time, Daniel, but let me ask you one more, and this is related to the accounting profession too. Um, and this is this is a specific thing that Thrival members that are owning their own firms deal with. And we know that demographics, baby boomers retiring is a hard trend. And so we're, we're, the profession is asking itself, who, who is going to own these firms? Who's going to buy these firms? Um, who's going to merge in with these firms? Are there going to be new partners? So how do you, we know this is happening. So what do we do as firm owners that want to grow uh, our firms or I don't know, merge with other firms. What are ways we could uh, learn about the future as far as demographics in our profession and how could we move into owning other firms that are going to be sold eventually? Yeah, those are all really good questions. So um, one thing is it's so much about the mindset and the vision within that firm. So if you are a firm that is protecting and defending the status quo in the past, and you're hunkered down, and you're way too busy to increase your relevancy in a world of transformational change, I don't know if I want to buy that firm. And I think if I own that firm, and that's my the way I'm going about my business is protecting and defending the past and the way we've always done it, know that your best people are going to leave because they know they're on a sinking ship. On the other hand, attracting new and young talent going to be awful hard because what are you doing? Well, you're not the future. You represent the past. Mm. On the other hand, I can be an accounting or an auditing firm and I could be saying, you know what? 
we are reinventing auditing and we are reinventing accounting. And actually, the good old days of those professions are ahead of us. And uh, we're going to be using not only uh, the tech tools and techniques that have brought us here so far, because there's things that we don't want to change, and that is accuracy. We don't want to change the trust that we have with our clients. I mean, there's things that we don't want to change, but we have also not just protect and defend, we embrace the new technologies and the ways of automating certain elements to our functions and functionalities. And we are growing the consultation part, the consulting part of every part of our practice so that we can create the new cash cows. And you know what? We need young pups to help us because we're going places. You see the difference in those two? So if you are building a practice or you're taking on a practice that's 50 years old or 100 years old, mm -hmm. even, and you have said, you know what, we're embracing the future, we're transforming, we're not just changing, and we need people to help us, you know, you're going to get some young people interested in that. And if somebody's thinking of acquiring you, they're going to pay more than if you're protecting and defending and you're just resting along. And let's face it, you can only coast downhill so long before, or coast uphill so long before gravity takes over. That's right. You can't be coasting. That's right. So when, so a lot of our, uh, here's the biggest worry I've got, because I know we're short on time. Let me tell you my biggest fear for the profession. Mm -hmm. You're all way too busy <laughs> huh. to increase your relevancy. Think about what I just said. Wow. Mm -hmm. Think it's about true. what I just said. I'm now, with you. Preach. And, and exactly. <laughs> So what we need to do is if you have way too much to do and no time to do it, you got to say why. And the answer is, isn't because there's so much to do. The answer is you're doing all this stuff in the old way. And that's why you're overwhelmed and have no time. Well, if you transform how you do what you do, you could have actually spare time, but you're too busy to think about it. And that's why you need to carve out some time to read my book, get the learning system. And if you don't do anything with me, at least block off some time to actively shape your future and learn some new things. Because if you don't, you're not going to be a happy camper on planet Earth. Wow. Right. That is Because you're awesome. just going to be you're going to be reactive. You're not going to be anticipatory. And right. that's not where, that's not where the real juice is. I got, I got one, one final question for you, Daniel, before we, before we let you go, um, with, with, uh, because your, your background is in science. So doesn't the realities that we've learned through quantum mechanics really show us that nothing is certain and that therefore there are no truly hard trends. Um, <laughs> And let me just follow that up with that. I know nothing about quantum mechanics, and that question was entirely bullshit. <laughs> so. Well, first of all, I do I do know about quantum mechanics, and uh, and there is uh, there is absolutely certainty within quantum mechanics. Uh, just like uh, if you really get into it in in more detail, uh, the parts that show connections where we don't even see connections is actually a hard trend. Uh, okay. The fact that you know matter, that we have different states of matter, uh, and even something now we're getting into some real heavy science here, oh, but yeah. there even is antimatter, which you probably heard about back in Star Trek. But actually, there is yep. such a thing, and but that's actually a certainty too. We just haven't learned how to capture it and see it real well. So yeah, there's certainty absolutely even in that quantum world. Well, okay. Well, Daniel, this this is this is mind blowing. So I think what we need to do to summarize all this is to go to 
aolearnnow.com and take the anticipatory organization course you're given to the first 30 people uh, and read the book. And then that's that really is going to lead us to kind of reading the future more accurate, which is leading us to better innovation. Um, and we're just too busy to do it right now. So that's kind of one of the one of my takeaways, which is huge. So, Daniel, thanks for being on the show with us, man. Thank you for having me, you guys. All right. Wow. OK, so he knew some stuff, Greg. Yeah, totally. <laughs> About well, the future. And, and- yeah, and and I think that's one of the, uh, part of, part of me like listening to him today, also reading some of the the stuff that he's written online. It, 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 one of the things he does is this whole idea of of what does the future hold. He really kind of demystifies it. Oh, and he yeah, says yeah, he does. It, it's it's not. It, I mean, there's it's still incredibly complex, but he's he's showing you some ways, like I said, to demystify it, make it make it a little more straightforward. Know the stuff that you can know and base a lot of base as many decisions off of that yeah. as you can and yeah. i think that's incredibly valuable that's oh, yeah. that's the biggest thing here so well and we uh, well you know what we know a hard trend right is that uh, our profession is moving towards becoming advisors which is something we're going to talk about a deeper weekend this year right how to become an advisor and really what we're going to define what that is so we want people to come uh, last week of october you can actually register now at dw.thrival.com and get 150 bucks off with code DW18 on the registration yep. page. And uh, the incubator is is uh, going to be happening. The, this pod, this is our June podcast. Right. The incubator is happening like a month from right now. Right. So, so you if, better you're, hurry. if you want to go and you want to go, sign up now. That's at thrival.com slash incubator, right? Yeah, thrival.com slash incubator. Uh, show up for that. And then you guys know if you want if you want to do anything else, you can email us at info at thrival.com or go to show notes and go to, you know come to a Facebook live event. Well, where I answer questions on firm growth, you can come to a member call, an intro call, um, all that, right? And that's info, it. Yep, info at thrival.com and uh, show notes. And if people want to, uh, if you want to reach out to me directly, that'd be awesome. Uh, you can you can reach me on Twitter at Greg Kite. Uh, that's my handle there. What are the good ways to reach you, Jason on, Blummer? On Twitter at Jason M Blummer. Uh, a lot of content we write and produce, things like, Greg, your awesome blog posts where you write are also on Twitter at Thrival CPAs, too. Uh, yep, that's exactly right. And you'll get yep. some good content that way. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we can both be found on Snapchat where we typically put uh, deer ears and noses oh, on yeah. our uh, selfies and post time. those regularly. All the time. So. Yep. So just to check that out. Uh, thanks to Jennifer, our our producer yes. for the show. She does so much work here. Oh that, yeah. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So thank you, Jennifer, and also a uh, big thanks to Shane McMullen, yes. the audio engineer for this podcast. Yeah. And thank you guys. So we couldn't do it without you. So all right. Till next month. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Bye bye. The Thrivecast is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to helping accounting professionals save time and grow their practice. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor program, you can truly boost your efficiencies, collaborate with clients, and play a pivotal role in fueling their success. Follow the link in the show notes to find out more.